four years ago, in the summer of 2015, the most amazing, important event in the history of cinema occurred. A piece of entertainment so kinetic, so amazing, so thematically rich, that audiences across the world fell to their knees in blessed thanksgiving of this miraculous event. You know, I'm talking about this podcast, right? The Hold Up, this one? Right. And also, they made another awesome sequel to Mad Max. So strap the fuck in, motherfuckers. It's episode 50, and we're doing the Mad Max quadrilogy. The whole fucking thing. Welcome to the Hold Up. Welcome to episode 50 of the Hold Up. Each month, we pick a movie one of us remembers fondly but hasn't seen in years. We watch it and we decide, does it hold up? I'm John Longineau. And I'm John Nelson. And here we are. Four years and 50 episodes later. We made it to episode 50. I didn't think we were making it to five. (laughs) We are at the same point where most podcasts hit in their first year because they're weekly. (laughs) Or maybe their second year because they're bi-weekly. But we took four years to get here and it was worth... strolled along. Hey, man, slow and steady. (laughs) We we are the hare to y'all's rabbit. And uh, welcome aboard. Thank you, everybody, for listening for the past four years to this. Yeah, I didn't think... Five episodes seemed like a big ass when we started, so the fact Certainly. that we're done 50-plus movies. Exactly. And so whether this is your 50th episode with us or your first, welcome and thank you for listening. If you would like to send us an email, you can email us at holduppodcast at gmail.com, where we received this email from Tyler. Tyler, Hi. Tyler writes, hey, Johns, longtime listener, first time caller. I really enjoyed the podcast because these are the types of conversations that I have with my friends about movies all the time. Oh, thank you for saying that, Tyler. That's actually one of the things I really like about the podcast. So I'm glad you're you're feeling that. There's one movie that I was telling my friend that he should watch. That movie was The Fast and the Furious. Ooh, boy. He absolutely refused to watch it because of all the sequels. I will admit I haven't seen them all, but I will say that I enjoy the first one a lot. When The Fast and the Furious came out, I was in third grade, and it was the movie to see. The cars were cool, it had attractive women, and it was emotional, at least to a third grader. It's crazy to think that in August, The Rock and Jason Statham are getting their own film on the franchise, and they were not in the first film at all. (laughs) So I challenge you two to go back to The Fast and the Furious to see if it holds up, and if this one film is justified in having seven sequels and a spinoff film. It's also a good movie for you guys because it's under two hours and you can get to bed at a reasonable hour. (laughs) Best Tyler. Nailed it. Um, P.S. Over the Top is Absolute Trash. Blade is a great film. Whoa. (laughs) See, those are the comments he throws down that I'm most interested. Over (laughs) the Top. Come on now. Blade, come on. So thoughts on his request for the Fast and the Furious. I wish we could do Fast and the Furious on this show. Unfortunately, I have seen it far too recently. And the reason I love the original Fast and the Furious is simply because in comparison to what it became, which is this weird superhero uh, melodrama, like the fact that there are a bunch of like car thieves ripping off like combo DVD slash VCR TVs, it's like, <laughs> wow, 
um yeah that first one is uh funny now in retrospect but uh unfortunately i actually did a whole like when the fast and the furious started pumping out sequels i actually started doing um online reviews of them and i can put those up on the hold up uh facebook site so y'all or i can link to them on the facebook site so y'all can read them but i have been at facebook.com slash hold up podcast that's the very one um, but I am actually pretty heavily invested in the the review of uh, <laughs> Fast and the Furious movies, unfortunately, because so, I would yes. love to. Yeah, you're well too informed and have seen it far too recently to watch it again. That makes sense. Yeah. And uh, oddly, I'm not even like the biggest fan of the Fast and the Furious. <laughs> like most of my friends like it a lot more than I, sure. I just enjoy the, the you know, I, I don't know. I think I'm actually in a similar situation. Sorry, Tyler, to let you down that Fast and Furious probably will not be an episode of The Holdup because like Mr. Nelson, I have seen it far too recently. I, I read watched every fast and the furious movie maybe two or three years ago and so i can i can tell you now as a, a little mini review that uh, i sort of turn and like the series around fast five i think that's when it becomes <laughs> oh, you, you didn't like it the perfection. first four movies not really not you know i mean they have their moments they're kind of fun but fast five is the first one i was like devil horns in the air like into right uh the fast and the furious was a great film when it came out uh 10 years earlier and was called point break <laughs> <laughs> because it is a shameless right shameless ripoff of point break like yes. basically beat for beat exactly the same movie except instead of surfboards it's cars right that's it um, so uh but i still like fast and furious just fine i'm glad it exists and spawned many 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 much better movies yes well the thing the great thing about fast and the furious it's you know that first movie you know notwithstanding it is kind of funny that the first movie is like this serious like oh you know crime thriller slash point break ripoff but starting with the second one i mean it's you know people kind of like you say around the fourth or fifth is when it started getting real good but the second one let's not forget the late great john singleton's too fast too furious where he just said <laughs> yeah. there's not enough chrome neon and you know <laughs> uh ludicrous in this fucking series and he just fucking went to the nth degree and i don't think you would have what you have today if you didn't have that second movie where he's just like well that first one's nice and all but let's see how far we can push this sure and then the third one tried to drag it back and they said nope not happening <laughs> Yeah, I just like Fast Five. That's <laughs> well, I, Fast I, Five and Fast Six. Those are I, good. I, here's what I love about that series. That series is so knows exactly what it is. Not too many of the, you know. You certainly. can see some movie series evolve and they just sort of fall into a weird thing where it's like, oh, we've become a parody of ourselves. They know and they they don't. It's not they're they're not embarrassed about it. They're like they embrace it and they say, yeah, okay, we're super spies and computer hackers <laughs> who used to be dudes who raced yeah. cards in South Central. Somewhere you know? it became more like gi joe the cartoon like i don't know when that happened probably around fast five About but fast five, yeah <laughs> but that i think i agree when it gets incredibly stupid is when i like it the most but thank you for writing in and requesting it i wish we could because you make such a good case for it but now that you've actually mentioned it i kind of want to see blade instead we also got another email john oh man from our old friend eric who uh had as a guess for the 50th episode if you remember at the end of our last episode we sort of teased that we were going to be doing a uh, a four uh movie arc and uh, oh yes we laid out a wager that yeah could someone guess what the movie's gonna be yeah and if you guess we would uh, send you something and our friend eric sent us a guess he said hey guys just finished with your vision quest episode and heard the clue for the 50th based on quote can you dig it and quote it's in four parts my guess is the Indiana Jones quadrilogy, since you already did the Psycho movies last October. Looking forward to your 100th episode. 
Uh, well, <laughs> I am sorry to tell you, Eric, that you put more thought into figuring out the code <laughs> than we did into making it, because that Can You Dig It was just off the cuff. Yeah, I'm, that's I, just I, things Nelson says sometimes. That's it just not yeah. a coded message. I apologize, because that... But I, I, would, like, I like that thinking, though. I do, and like, now I feel oh, like... They're, they're telling me something. I'm, I'm feeling it. I sort of feel like we owe it to him to do the Indiana Jones trilogy, even though it, like, well... Two of them hold up for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that one's pretty well toward territory. Although I guess you could say the same thing about what we're doing this That's month. true. Mad Max. The Road Warrior. Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome and Mad Max Fury Road. All four are being done. So this episode, we are going to do Mad Max. Yeah. I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> I, dude, you just say those movies and I just I, I, I want to drop the mic and just start watching now. Oh, man. Oh, yes. Just light up a flamethrower every time you hear us say Mad Max, because that's yeah. that's what we're doing. Well, I mean, when we were trying to decide what to do, I mean, series are really difficult, especially if it's one that you remember enjoying, because it's like, well, chances are if you enjoyed the series, then you've probably gone back to it, you know, at least a couple sure. times. Um, but this one just happened to hit the magic spot of like, well, we've seen the movies, but not in a while. Fury Road is sort of, uh, you know, it's kind of squeaking by as far as time, but I haven't seen it since the year it came out. Sure. So yeah, obviously Fury Road is a little more recent, but I, you know, we figure we're going to do all three of the original ones. We might as well, yeah. you know, we're going to do them all. And I think it'll make for interesting discussion. Now, before we get to this particular parts uh movie mad max mm -hmm. i think it would serve us well to just kind of i guess talk about mad max in general sure the general series uh nelson how do you feel about mad max what's your sort of experience with it when did you first see these movies well i believe that my first mad max movie was actually thunderdome so i think if i'm not remembering incorrectly i think i have watched the mad max trilogy out of order I think I started with Thunderdome, didn't understand what was going on, but was kind of blown away <laughs> sure. by the beginning of it, which we will get to. Um, and then I think I went and watched The Road Warrior, and I loved it. And then I was like, well, man, I got to see the first one in this uh, installment. And then I watched <laughs> Mad Max last, and I was like, well, that was fun, but that was kind of weird. And the reason it was kind of weird is, for anyone who has not seen the Mad Max quadrilogy, and my God, do yourself a favor before you watch or before you listen to this or as you're listening, go do yourself a favor. Watch this one because my God, I mean, I hope I mean, I hope hopefully they're good. But <laughs> the idea of Mad Max is great. Mad Max, as everybody knows, is a post-apocalyptic uh fight for survival where people are uh, driving around in like armored up cars with you know guns and chicken wire and knives and everything and sometimes guitars sometimes guitars, guitars flamethrowers on the guitars <laughs> and you know they've got all kinds of weaponry and people are dressed in the most like weird tribally like leather jock straps and spikes and who knows what all and it's all in uh, pursuit of gas it's basically like a western where everybody is fighting over gasoline petrol or whatever they call it in australia because these are all australian movies and the funny part is i had seen like i said mad max beyond thunderdome where he is uh, caught up and thrown into thunderdome uh, and then saw the road warrior where it's like oh he's just fighting mutants for gasoline and i'm like oh well i want to see how this all started out mad max the original movie is weird because it's not post-apocalyptic. <laughs> right. Or it sort of is and isn't. It's, a, it's certainly as compared to the later ones. It, right. It does, it's not like that at all. But I think it's kind of supposed to be. Well, I, if, these movies are so surreal to me. Again, because seeing them out of order and usually late at night, they all sort of have this dreamlike quality to me. But like Mad Max, when I watched it, it was like, he's in Australia. 
in the quote slight future so it's like a slightly futuristic society but it's not quite post-apocalyptic sure. mad max is just a revenge tale it's like mad max is a cop in the wilds right. of australia and mutants kill his wife and well, to, to be perfectly honest i i don't i sort of remember the movie but i think it's significant it's interesting you point out that you saw them out of order because i too also saw them out of order oh so i think that that will color feelings about seeing Mad Max for the first time because you sort of have a pre-built-in expectation that maybe right. that movie doesn't match. Whereas maybe if we'd have seen it in order, it would have made more sense. So I, I myself, I, I have never seen Thunderdome. Ever. Ah. Ever. So this will be the first time I this watch it. This will be fun. But I first saw The Road Warrior. That was that was the first Mad Max movie I saw, which uh, which I think honestly stands fine on its own. Like I didn't I didn't really feel that confused about it. Yeah, arguably it's uh, that's the movie that like distills the Mad Max movies to their finest and purest. Yeah. I mean I, we'll we'll see at the end of this all. I'm going to guess that's probably the best one. It's certainly probably. my favorite that I remember. But that uh, Road Warriors was fabulous and I loved it. And then uh, much like you, I was like, okay, well let me. I, there's a first movie. Let me see what this is all about. And I, too, uh, rented and watched Mad Max and was sort of confused by it. Not that I disliked it, but Road Warrior, and I'm I'm assuming Thunderdome, set a pretty strong image and and idea of this post-apocalyptic nightmare where, like, the warriors and the village people are are all blended in together with, (laughs) you know, hockey goons and, and, and torches into this kind of crazy thing. And from my memory, you're right, Mad Max is a little way more grounded. Like, you almost wouldn't even know... I, I think it's debatable. Like, is there a post-apocalypse? Or it's sort of like society is just kind of well, on society, the edge. Yeah, society seems to be crumbling, but there's still... Because he's still doing his cop job, so yeah. obviously he's getting a paycheck, so I don't think all the nukes have gone off. Like, is it between Mad Max and Road Warrior, like, nukes have gone yeah, off? Yeah, nukes is go that the off idea? at some okay. point. And it's it's weirdly like... It's, <laughs> it's one of the first apocalypses that happens off screen in movies in a, in a series like most <laughs> apocalypses happen before a movie starts and you're like well that's just yeah that's easier but like usually it's not like oh movie number one everything's fine movie number two well we're just gonna d- destroy society so we can move yeah, on we're with gonna this. take this character from this movie we've made and put him in a post-apocalyptic setting right that that's just sort of I, that's why i'm curious because i don't actually remember like if it's sort of like the apocalypse has happened in Mad Max, it's just not conveyed quite as clearly as right. it is in the other ones. And I'm curious if it's just sort of I'm confused having watched it or if it's actually is not post-apocalyptic. And and like you said, they just sort of throw it in there between movies. Right. It's kind of like RoboCop. It's like society is breaking down, but it's not like because of outside force. And I... There's something weird, though, about Mad Max, and I can't put my finger on it. Well, he's got a wife. You know, I don't remember if he's got a family, per se, but I know he's got a wife. Right. And as is, I guess, contractually obligated for uh, Mel Gibson movies, his wife is killed, and then he goes crazy and seeks out vengeance on those who have wronged him. But that's only part of the movie? I right. Mean, it's an odd, like... There is, I, I don't even remember what... The, there's sort of another plot going on. Like, well, he's got to do his job as a cop or catch this particular gang of thugs or whatever or solve a crime. I don't even remember. It's been a while. Well, since we're dipping into it, let's let's officially kind of start off our part one, which is the first movie, Mad Max. Mad Max. So we'll get to, you know, the rest of them as we get to them. But sure. we'll start this one. And you're sort of talking about your memories of it. I'm curious, when did you first see it? How many times have you seen it? Uh, I've only seen it once or twice. Okay. I don't remember exactly when I saw it the first time because 
I feel like I love the Road Warrior, and we started watching this, and I didn't like it as much, which was which is odd because usually first movies in a series of this kind of caliber are usually the better ones. But this one, it's sort of like you could see, you know, Road Warrior was sort of the 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 apex. Um, and so, and when I saw it again, I used, you know, when I was in high school, I tended to watch a lot of like movies starting at like 2 a.m. And then I would sort of drift in and out of sleep. And so my dreams would sort of mix with the narrative. <laughs> so I don't remember a whole lot of specifics. I mean, I remember there's like this weird, uh, like robbery at the beginning, like almost like an old West robbery, except with cars, gangbangers pull into a small town and kind of rob it and, Go yeehaw and and take off with the gas and the money and everything else, and then cut to Mad Max patrolling the highway or whatever, and then it starts to get real loosey goosey. I remember you know cars racing and people getting shot, but nothing right. really specific. And I remember Mel Gibson being oddly like not subdued, but just not the guy that we come to recognize because he played Mad Max way differently than he played sort of the rest of his roles over the years. Well, this is his first film, is that correct? Mad Max? Or, or I, certainly it was one, one of his first. first. I don't remember what his first one and was. And I don't know what version of the movie you've seen. I know that there was a time where he's dubbed over. Yes, that's right. Oddly, I don't know if that's like the official version, but obviously he spoke with a pretty heavy Australian accent and... I guess for the American release, they were like, no one understands this guy. Nobody who knows who this fucker is. Yeah. I mean, from my memory, there isn't a terrible amount of dialogue anyway, so it's right. probably not that big a deal, but but I, I do remember that. The version I saw, at least, which I've only seen this movie one time, okay. and it was freaking 15, 20 years ago or something. It's been a right. long, long time. Uh, but I do remember the version I saw on tape, Mel Gibson's voice is dubbed and it's not even Mel Gibson's was like some other guy right from my memory. So that was kind of weird in and of itself. And your memories uh, sort of match mine. I actually, I I don't remember really the plot at all. You are correct in that. There's a lot of, it's a vengeance movie. I remember not only does his wife die. And by the way, this doesn't happen like immediately. I want to say, yeah, it's like, it's like midway or or towards the end of the movie that that actually happens. So it's not one of these like, uh, you know, the, the fugitive or taken or something <laughs> where the where the horrors befall our hero within the first 20 minutes and then he's just on a vengeance slaying. I want to say he's like doing his cop thing, dealing with the road, coming home to his wife and I think a, a daughter or a child. OK, that's my memory. of I it. I don't remember at all. I, I, I believe he has a kid as well. OK. And there might even be some sweet like I hand you a teddy bear scene or something along those lines. <laughs> the generic I yeah. love my kid scene. <laughs> Something like that. And and then I remember that there's a very, and this is, I mean, you know, we've kind of said that his wife dies, so I guess this isn't a huge spoiler, <laughs> but there is this, I do have this memory of a pretty horrific scene where I believe his wife and child die, not right. just his wife. Like it's, it's, mm. I think it's a daughter, could be a son. I don't really remember. And I think they get run over or it's some sort of motorcycle crash or something really horrible. Yeah, because this whole movie, this whole series of movies is very, you know, automotive like driven. Yes. And this is very much a driving movie. Like if I remember correctly, he's a police officer. And then I believe the villains are gangbangers on motorcycles. Yeah, specifically. Right. Like these kind of Yamaha like Japanese motorcycles is what I remember. And I remember, yeah, they're just, they have chains and they're just robbing people and doing horrible things. And I guess along the way, I don't know, kidnap his wife or attack or something along those lines. And then now he has to go kill them. Right. Um, but I remember it being kind of dark. 
Right. And not terribly fun. Like, it, it's sort of almost this, like, Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2 switch thing. <laughs> right, where the first one yeah. is, like, practically satanic. Right. And the second one is the biggest goof. <laughs> like, I, I've seen The Road Warrior, and The Road Warrior will get to that, obviously, but that movie's fun as hell. And, right. like, really silly and, and pretty crazy. And yeah. obviously not terribly realistic. Whereas... I remember watching this being like, let's fucking do it. Like, let's get some hockey masks and some spikes and some crazy <laughs> shit and flamethrowers. Here we go. And then it was more like this feel bad, like his family dies and these people are terrible and he right. has to kill them. Like it was, it wasn't fun, silly. Right. It was, it was bleak and not, not a whole lot of, a lot of laughs. Yeah. Um, and again, he's playing it very like, you know, we we all get got kind of used to Mel Gibson being like, well, he's kind of jokey and he's got like a big personality. And even in scenes like with his wife and, or, you know, women and stuff in, in future movies, he's very charming. He's not all that charming in this. In fact, I kind of feel like, I mean, this is all vague memory, but I, I kind of remember him and his wife interacting and being like, they have almost no chemistry. <laughs> How did they ever get together? Because um, who would marry this fucking guy? <laughs> I, I, I remember no one having chemistry with anybody. Like, I remember <laughs> everyone just covered in dirt and being really sad. There is a theme of sort of resources dwindling, right? right? Which I honestly is probably a pretty applicable theme to our, <laughs> our current life. But I, I want to, I mean, they, they sort of use gasoline, like you said. But the I, I think the idea is we're sort of in this post-industrial revolution. It's in the near future. It's right. not in the present. And it's sort of like resources are dwindling. Yeah. And in that crime rises because now, you know, gasoline's a pretty heavy commodity. So these, I want to say these gangs have something to do with the, the sort of low resource of gas and then maybe they're stealing it or selling it or something. I don't really remember. Or they're just saying, fuck it <laughs> and going full anarchy and just, just banging head banging on the road. Right. But, but that is a theme even in the first movie. It's not like everything's fine. And then movie two, it's just a nuclear <laughs> post-apocalypse. Right. I, I think it's sort of like, it's almost like the apocalypse is just about to happen or kind right. of starting already. Yeah. Society is on its last legs. Yeah. Um, we haven't talked yet about the director, George Miller, right? Yes, that's correct. Who went on to, I mean, he did these kind of, uh, these Australian movies and then came to America and made a shitload of other movies, including Babe 1 and 2. Uh, let's not forget Happy Feet. And Happy Feet, <laughs> sure. Um and just then, like Mad Max, just good like, old Happy Feet. Yeah, well, I mean, well, I don't know. I haven't seen Happy Feet, but uh, Babe, the first one, I mean, that movie's great. That's great. <laughs> he directed Babe? I didn't actually I know I believe that. so. I think he did the first two. Uh, he did one and two, I think. Oh, wow. I'm okay. Pretty, I'm, I'm pretty sure. You, you may be right. I didn't know that, actually. Uh, but see, this is why we don't do research, so we can look like idiots. I know. <laughs> 50 episodes later, and we're still <laughs> lazy as fuck. But yeah, he directed a movie in his 70s, and you know, like I say, we'll get to it, but Fury Road is like... So fucking hyper and so it looks like a young man's film. So the right. fact that he was in his 70s and still directing, you know, a badass movie like that. Anyway, we'll, well get to I, that. And I also think, I mean, he obviously had an affinity for Mad Max and that whole thing. And then it was always it's trying to make them. And I, I want to say he had, I mean, we're kind of jumping to Fury Road, but he, he sort of always had these as pet projects that right. he got funding for and kind of wheeled and dealed and, and got them out there. Yeah. And, you know, I don't I feel like Mad Max, the first one was sort of a sleeper hit, but I don't it was by no means some like billion dollar movie or anything. 
and I think the Road Warrior was maybe a little more successful. But right. he, 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 clearly, at some point, he made a decision to go Hollywood right. and, and make movies that would, you know, make him some income. <laughs> well, and, I believe he. I, I I think you're right. I think the Mad Max, the original, is practically like an indie film. Yeah. It's like real low budget. You know, they're kind of shooting on the cheap, which, I, you know, much like Sam Raimi, I think they're using that to their advantage. I don't remember. See, I keep there's a scene and I think it's actually in the Road Warrior where like somebody like on a motorcycle or a car, like they're driving real fast. They hit something and they're about to fly out the windshield, but their eyes like bug out like Bugs Bunny. And then they fly out of the windshield or off the motorcycle or whatever it is. And I can't remember if it's in uh, this one or Road Warrior. Or maybe in. That sounds like Fury Road, honestly. I, I'm pretty sure it happens in one of the first Thunderdome? two. Thunderdome? I don't know. Well, Thunderdome, I mean, again, we keep jumping ahead. Thunderdome is, like, much more serious than, like, uh, Road Warrior. Oh, interesting. Um, and Mel Gibson is obviously only, like, he's only, like, contractually obligated for, like, three days of work or whatever. <laughs> he's barely in the movie. Gotcha. But, uh, but it was, yeah, I think they were like, well, we're going to make another Mad Max films because these things fucking make money, but... Well, so I don't have a memory of specifically what you're talking about, this bug-eyed, you know, flying out the car moment, but that raises an interesting point, which is we should talk about our memories of Mad Max, which I'll go first. I don't have many of them. No. I mentioned the mom dying, the mom and daughter and, and or son or his family. There's some sort of family death. Yeah. Other than that, I like I don't even have a specific like, oh, this scene, this moment. Do you have anything like that? Not really. I mean, again, the most specific thing I can sort of remember is that initial like the you know the mutants or the bikers or whatever they are come to town and sort of wreck it and we see how awful they are and then cut to mad max and i think he's in like a shootout of his own i don't know if the two are related but i feel like there right. there's two different things where he's like we're showing off what a great cop mad max is where he has like a chase or a shootout or something like that and like then that, it gets super fuzzy i have flashes of imagery I, like I couldn't, I couldn't put them together into a cohesive scene that I could describe to you as right. this happened and then this happened. But I, you know, I have vague memories of like him lying in bed, staring into the distance, <laughs> or uh, you know, the, I remember like a close up on chains and in a motorcycle driving, or right. and just these. I, I, I think what's cool about uh, Miller is that he's very visually. Uh, attuned yes and he always really does a good job there so i wouldn't be surprised if there's little moments like that these kind of sergio leone touches <laughs> yeah the, like in that or even in mad max because because i actually i'm really curious to watch it again because my initial reaction was like well this ain't the road warrior right what is this and never watched it again right and I mentioned Evil Dead. I had a very similar experience with Evil Dead, where the first time I watched it, I was like, well, this ain't Evil Dead 2. Later. <laughs> and then as I got older, I went back to it, and I was like, oh, wow, there's actually like a lot of craft and quality here that I really wasn't appreciating because I was sort of comparing it to this other movie I loved. Right. So I kind of want to give Mad Max a fair shake. We'll be like, well, yeah, I love Road Warrior. That one's coming. <laughs> Let me sort of... It, take that trapping away and then just watch that for whatever it is and see what I think about it. Yeah. And I think especially, I, I can't remember the last time I saw it. This is at least 20 years ago, but you know, as an older dude and knowing how hard it is to make an indie movie, especially a fucking car wreck movie. Cause when people like, you know, you hear about like, I don't know if vanishing point was the first movie, but like gone in 60 seconds, like a stunt man made that movie or whatever. 
all these first timers who make movies with a, like a lot of stunt work and action and, and car crashes and shit like that. I mean, that is just a whole nother level of first time. If you compare like clerks to Mad Max, it's like, <laughs> right. well, there's a whole different, I mean, just, well, a, there is a missing shooting scene from clerks, right? In the original cut, you know, so I'm not even like, you know, <laughs> indie movies or indie movies. It's just to be able to afford car crashes even to, to afford one car crash in a movie right. is a big fucking deal so you know to be I, and i'm guessing that because it's a different country usually the story is like well he got some you know some people to invest and then the state kicked in a certain amount of money because if you could get to like right. half a you know yes, million because other countries value their art and actually right. <laughs> you well, can get grants to make your movies yeah but I, I don't know the story I, sh- I should look this up i you know the mad max behind the scenes workings are largely a mystery to me as far as i know he could just be filming in his backyard sure. shit that he you know is living at the time you know right i don't know anything about australia well, they could have roving gangs here, here, yeah here's my guess i mean i've i went to australia for my honeymoon so i can oh. i'm an authority on australia i sure. can tell you all about it. but here's my guess while if you're looking to make some weird post-apocalyptic movie with a bunch of weird kooky people that are down to blow up cars right seems like the right place sure. <laughs> like, i mean like i wouldn't be surprised if he went to the desert and just found some guy like yeah i'll be in your movie some weirdo and right. that's everyone's like some random weirdo he found on the street and oh <laughs> here's a bunch of busted up cars we're gonna explode right i could see you doing it on the cheap in a way that maybe you couldn't do here in the united states right well, I could even have done that maybe in Arizona if I had, you know, maybe thought about it, <laughs> you know, find some old car dump where a dude is like, I don't, I'll sell you a fucking car for a hundred bucks. I don't care. Yeah, sure. Blow it up. I'll give you the explosives for free. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. And so ultimately, I guess what we're coming down on is neither one of us remembers Mad Max very well, except there's not a lot of dialogue in these movies. Like you say, no. he's very visual. And so the plot, quote unquote, <laughs> is usually stretched out a lot because it's like, well, when there's mostly cars just zooming around and shotguns going off you don't need to you know concentrate on the finer points of like well where are we going next tex <laughs> so so i guess that raises the question do you now obviously we have affinity for much of the mad max series right actually perhaps it's two questions yes honestly and it, so one we can answer now the other we can answer when we're done with all of at them. the end of the whole thing ah. the, fir- the first question is do you think mad max the movie mad max is going to hold up I'm going to guess no, because I feel like I would have better memories of it if it was going to. But then again, I can't tell you much about any of these movies except Fury Road, which is much more recent. So I'm going to say no. Say no. All right. But there's a lot of wiggle room. Uh, I actually am going to lean yes. Um, I could easily be wrong. This is not a confident vote at all. But I suspect that I will have less hang-ups watching it this time than the first time. The first time I was ready for Road Warrior 2 or Road Warrior (laughs) 0 or whatever you want to call it. And then we've we've forgotten to mention that technically Road Warrior, when it came out in Australia, was called what? I I I have no idea. Oh, you don't know? Oh, it was called Mad Max 2. And they only called it the Road Warrior because I don't think Mad Max had made a dent in the American market. And when they brought it over, they called it the Road Warrior because Mad Max 1 hadn't done well. Interesting. I think. I oh, think okay. that's the story. Well, that, anyway. that makes sense. That Well, that would make sense. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, so excuse me. I, yeah, I was looking for the original Mad Max Road <laughs> Warrior 2. I like that, 2, though, Road Warrior 2. Yeah, yeah. No, but yeah, I, I really was looking for more of that. So there was a lot of disappointment that came with my first viewing. Like, oh, this isn't the Road Warrior. I, I think this time I'm going to judge it much more fairly. Right. And I think I'm going to find things of quality 
because because Miller is a, is a good filmmaker, right. and so I suspect that it will be good, and I will like it. So I think it will hold up. Second question is: We're going to judge the entire series, all four movies, okay, whether they hold up or not. So we'll get back to this question at the very end in part four when we have finished our entire discussion. Should we? But initial guess? wagers. Okay, we need to put a wager before we've seen a frame of any of it. Right. Do you think Mad Max as a series is going to hold up? I feel like that's an easier one. I'm going to say yes. Because, again, there's two of these movies that I'm pretty confident hold up pretty well. Uh, this is coming to the zeitgeist for a reason. I mean, there's a, I'm sure there's a lot to be taken from it. Now, we may watch all four of it and be like, well, okay. <laughs> there's some that are better than others. But I'm guessing as a whole, as a body of work, it's going to be like, yeah. Okay. I'm going to give an interesting... Um, response and that i think as a series it will not hold up will not hold up i think it will be one of those things like most series that have a lot of movies where one of them's really great right and the rest are like chasing the dragon (laughs) (laughs) honestly i i think mad max and road warrior are going to be good i i suspect that the obviously we'll get to fury road i have some very controversial opinions about fury road i know that's part that's why i'm excited to get to fury road we'll see but i said you know if you uh, as an example, if you ask me, does the Terminator hold up? I would say yes. Right. Does the Terminator as a series hold up? I would say no. Mm. So just because there's a great movie in there doesn't mean in the totality it's great. Gotcha. I think it has to stand on its own for the whole thing. Well, now let me, I mean, I've already sort of cast my vote. No, but that's fine. Does part of the, as part of the hold up, does it have to as a series sort of go somewhere i mean does the series sort of arc is that what you're asking or is it just well like... i'm making this shit up as i go along so i don't well, have okay. definitive <laughs> uh, uh ideas about specifically what i mean by this but i think in this moment what i'm saying is a series has to be more than just the chasing the same good idea over and over, over and over again so if it's basically it has to iterate on it if it's okay that's if a... that makes sense yes so I, I, I'm going to keep my answer. I think that there are, there is a sort of progression to this series, but I I do think the asterisk there is that most of these movies are basically the same movie over right, and over. Right. So a, as another example, Fast and the Furious <laughs> uh, has a progression and iteration that while a movie on their own, one by one, some of them might hold up, some of them might not. I would say as a series, Fast and the Furious holds up because it is. Progressing. Well, it definitely, I mean, I can tell you right now, Mad Max, the series, starts and ends at almost the exact same spot. Fast and the Furious, you don't recognize those characters <laughs> right. from movie eight to movie one. You could let, you're like, are these, like, Ludacris is the same character? It's like you're watching a Sergio Leone trilogy, like, wait, Clint Eastwood is one character or three characters? <laughs> what, how does this work? I don't exactly. understand. All right, let's turn the ignition, rev up our engines, and hit the road as we watch Mad Max. In the not-too-distant future, there will be no civilization. There will be no heroes. They say people don't believe in heroes anymore. Well, damn them. You and me, Max. We're going to give them back their heroes. In the not-too-distant future, there will only be madmen and the main force patrol. Max is a main force officer trying to protect his family and stay alive. 
deadly weapon. 600 horses of fuel-injected vengeance. Mad Max, the maximum force of the future. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Mad Max, the very mellow, in no way, <laughs> holy, completely nuts. How? Mad Max. Nelson, what'd you think? I I have many thoughts. There's a lot to unpack. I don't I don't even know where to start. But I guess I'll start uh, at the beginning. With there was an opening chase, I conflated it. I I, I was wrong. I, I I flipped the two events. The the bad guys didn't invade the old west town on their motorbikes. In the first scene, they did that. In the second scene, the first scene is this very long car chase with the cops and uh, a guy called the Night Rider. Right, the Night Rider. The Night yes. Rider. Just this savage dude calling himself the Night Rider, just killing, causing mayhem, wrecking. Holy shit! Was that a great? chase oh yeah i can't i can't believe i forgot that <laughs> i mean that's i mean well longino and i were talking about this we were looking at the film and it looks great 40 some odd years on absolutely i think one of my early comments as the movie was getting going was like wow this really with like an hd polish yeah. uh is really getting its stock increase because we were sort of joking when we watched it in i don't know the 80s or yeah, 90s VHS or whatever pan and scan yeah just vhs on a crappy vcr is not the way to watch mad max Holy or cow. probably any george miller film uh, and it really watching it on like a 4K TV with the Blu-ray, you know, HD remaster and stuff. It it had a whole breathed whole new life into it in a way that yeah. I don't. It, it was a different experience than when I saw it, like in the 90s. Yeah, I mean, there was stuff being done in that initial thing that you wouldn't see now. Right. Like, I mean, it's probably. I'm guessing it's pretty famous, but there's a point where like a van hit, the car hits a van, and the van like spins like it's on a rope. But I guess it's not. I guess it was just like weighed down a certain yeah. way. And it just spun like a top. It was crazy. And then there was like cars getting cracked into and holy shit. That okay, so the first I mean, the the whole first twenty minutes practically sells the whole movie, but I was wrong about a lot of things. Uh Mad Max has a wife. He also has a little baby son, I presume. Um <laughs> who people sort of keep forgetting about. <laughs> no. Uh, a magical son that takes care of himself, like, yeah. you know, and does not need looking after for some reason. Doesn't need to be in uh, with mom and dad all the time. Um but yeah, there's it's it's this weird like there's two movies in this movie. There's right. the cop movie at the beginning which basically ends when Mad Max's partner gets uh burned to death by the, you know, the roving gangs and then Mad Max quits the force. And then the next thing you know, we start the next movie, which, you know, the first movie is like RoboCop, and the second movie is like full-on Last House on the Left. Right, it's right. like Mel Gibson and his family just <laughs> cry, traveling cross-country. They happen to run into the same gang of motors. There's no revenge story. You would think that, like, oh, the Knight Rider in the beginning that the cops killed, you know, the motorcycle gang is real angry about right. that, so they're getting their vengeance. No, they got their vengeance on Goose, basically, and they're, like, <laughs> perfectly sated. And then they see Mad Max's wife, and they're like, well, I got to get a piece of that. So they start chasing after her and you know again they end up killing her and and the son pretty badly and then mad max goes on his revenge spree again it's just it, it him being a cop has nothing to do with nothing right it, it it's just 
it, it it's a totally different. Totally. It could be a different character. Well, I, I sort of agree with you in the in the sense that I feel like it's a movie that's a little confused with its identity, right? Like right. You, you have you sort of have this like Judge Dread satire film, right? With the halls of justice, like and, and yeah, they played the same like monumental <laughs> theme every time the halls of justice yeah. police station caught. But which... it's sort of it's weird. Part of the movie is this sort of ironic almost like political commentary about right. society and, and bravado and, and egoism and stuff. So that, all that stuff I really liked. And then all of a sudden it's also like straw dogs. Yeah. <laughs> too. I mean, like, like rapists coming to kill your woman kind of thing. Yeah. It's weird. And then it's a little bit of like, I spit on your grave where <laughs> it's like now they've killed his wife and now he's just out for blood. He's, I guess that's where the Mad Max comes from. He's right. just fucking crazy. And it's yeah. not saying anything and just, killing everybody right and so i each of those movies is fine um i don't think they quite gel together perfectly but yeah. but but the the only thing that sort of remains constant are the visuals like you're talking about yeah. like 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 the sort of cinematography and directing and yet any any fucking time they revved up an engine and went on the road <laughs> great like it yeah. was always looked awesome uh, plot wise, it's a little dicier, I think. Yeah, it's and you know they give his wife sort of the barest setup, and give, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know they wait until almost the end. We thought it was halfway through. It's practically the end of the movie when sure. you know she and the son finally get theirs, um, and they still only give her like you know the the two minutes of characterization that she would get if she was killed in the first ten minutes. You know exactly. Yeah, there's like an awful lot of time, screen time, and dedication to just what it really amounts to like a pretty paper thin revenge plotline. Right. Like it's like we get multiple scenes with him and his wife. Multiple scenes with like that. She runs into the motorcyclist mid-movie, and they kind of assault her, and she gets away, and that's that. Right. And then they're gone. I mean, the movie wouldn't be any different if she got killed right then and there versus, like, 20 minutes later. It's a little strange that it's so drawn out, but but I guess it's meant to... Uh, I could see how it could be shocking. Like, this movie right. obviously would play different. We knew what was coming. Yeah, I'm guessing that was so just So it for, plays differently? I think that was just for tension, I, because there were a couple times where, like... Like uh, Goose, uh, Mad Max's partner, the uh, and whenever you name a partner Goose in a movie, especially <laughs> in the seventies and eighties, that's just putting a, yeah. a target on their head. So Goose has been targeted by the uh, the motorcycle gang. He's you know at the the club the night before watching a dance uh, a singer perform, and he's really into her. Meanwhile, outside the motorcycle gang is fucking with his motorcycle. You know, he gets up the next morning having slept with the singer, and you've never been out of Mad Max's sort of vision for most of the movie, and now suddenly we're with Goose, and then he, you know, puts his his boots on and his, you know, his leathers on, gets onto his bike real slow, and notes the world around him, and takes off to an end, and Longino and I are both like, yep, this is, this is where Goose meets his end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then he's dri just driving down the road, and you think, <laughs> oh, he's going to be attacked, or what's going to happen? And then his, you know, he tries to brake on his motorcycle, and then, you know, they fucked with it, so he just flies through the air on his motorcycle, crashes, and you're like, oh, poor Goose. They got him. And then they or get stuck. And then he gets <laughs> up, he calls a tow truck, and you're like, oh, I guess he had some, I guess I was just a warning or something and then he drives the tow truck you know I, he drives the tow truck that's the great thing the tow truck pulls right. up the guy who's driving it gives him the tow truck and his i know, love cycle. that triple a service like here's my keys now now yeah. you drive all right it. Yeah. see you. i'm just gonna bike Very home weird. 
it was really weird and then so goose is dry and the best part is like there's not even a seat belt there's just this like weird bandolier seat belt where he just kind of holds on to the seat belt with his like it's a backpack or yeah. something yeah that and, was strange. and he's driving along and then the motorcycle gang is lying in wait and then they you know threw a brick through the window and they throw the car off the road and then they set it on fire and then I he mean, dies. That, that's a lot of predicting and well thought out plan for a group of people that just shoot at mannequins and kind of yell at the sun and <laughs> and I, molest each other or stuff like. Like it's really what was the plan? Like, okay, we're gonna, he's going to trip up, but he'll survive and he'll get a tow truck I and he'll drive it, and then we'll get him. Like, I have to guess that there's kind of two things going on. One is like they're trying to pad out the movie because they even they right. know their plot is so kind of paper thin, but also I think that there is a sense of tension to like I think. I have to assume that George Miller would be like, yeah, everybody knows what's going to happen. So the, he was just like, oh, my God. Oh, is this? He fell off his bike. Oh, shit. It finally happened. Oh, no, he lived. Oh, fuck. Now what's going to happen? Because I know this guy's going to die. Right. His name is Goose, and they've targeted him. So. Yeah, the same thing happens with the wife. It's all, it, I think you're right. It's almost like there is only so much plot, and they just draw it out. Right. It's just like, well, not yet. You know it's coming. I know it's coming. We all know it's coming. But like, oh, hey, you thought it was coming now. The movie could have been over easily like 30 minutes prior to it when it is. Right. So, yeah, maybe there is a little padding going on. Now, the interesting thing about both of those scenarios is they're being padded out story-wise. As far as visually, it's like both times I was like, well, I'm appreciating what's sure. going on visually. It's kind of weird that we keep seeing these repeat beats. And most of the time that would actually be something that I'm like, Bleh. But I don't know. I it because he's such a good visualist. I kind of was, you know, okay with it. The, oh, the right. feel of it was okay. So I mean, I would, you know, this movie it loses a few points for plot, but it, it really is not like a, a. None of these are plot movies. No, I well, mean, no, not, not at all. Really. No, no, no. And but uh, yeah, it's you know, it has those trappings of like Green Lantern's girlfriend in the fridge, or right. you know, Gwen Stacy dying for Spider Man, or whatever. Like. It, I mean, it is when it is, and I, I can't hold it to the standard of modern times necessarily. But but that's that is a tired plot point of, sure. of revenge killing for my dead wife or whatever, right? Um, and but but this is a pretty simple movie, and and I'll I'll sort of forgive it that plot for this. I think it works, and in a weird way because they draw it out so much. Mm -hmm. If mom and the kid had bit it, you know, ten minutes in. That would have been pretty hollow. Right. The fact that you spend so much damn time with them, right. it, it actually makes it fairly shocking because you're sort of like, well, surely, you know, after all this. Yeah. Well, and I would say, too, I mean, all you really need to connect these two movies is that the bikers know what they're doing, that they are more uh, deliberate about finding Mad Max and his family. It's just random chance. But that's the that's the only reason this feels like two movies. Mad Max, I mean, does decide, oh, you know what, the world's too violent and I want to be with my family and fuck this shit. So he quits. So the fact that he has chosen his family, he's made the decision that most other, you know, protagonists make. I mean, did he fall on quit? I feel like he was given a hiatus, basically. They, well, were, like, he was they were like, go on holiday and we'll you know, see how you feel when you get He back. went to his general patent boss who <laughs> waters his plants shirtless and he, he quits. He handed, handed him a letter of resignation, but the guy's like, well, why'd you just take a couple weeks off and then right. come back and think about and Mad Max is like, well, I'm not coming back. And, you know, he's right, actually, as it turns out. But, um, yeah, he's he's quitting. He's choosing his family. So there is that, like you say, that shock of like, oh, he's there to protect his family. And it still doesn't help because this world is so chaotic and mean, which is, I think, part of the reason 
that this simple plot works. The mostly what they seem to be doing is that that thing we're talking about, that RoboCopish sat, satiristic. Like, here's how bad the world can get. Right. Like the cops in this movie are terrible. Like they're all dressed yes. up and li- they are dressed yes. like a biker gang. Exactly. And they are like the the gangs, the roving motorcycle gangs have gone full warriors because there's no you know there's no <laughs> right. more taboos to break. So they're just like pansexual, like <laughs> warrior dressed, uh, you know, eyebrow shaving, eyebrow shaving. I mean, they're basically like a theater troupe, and the cops are like thugs. You know, they're right. they're, they're only enforcing right. the law. You know, sort of. That actually was an aspect of the movie I wish it had leaned into more. And certainly later Mad Max movies definitely sort of unleash their insanity. But right. uh, that I liked. I mean, I can understand if George Miller is working as a paramedic or working at a, at a ECU right. We or did, something. did a little research and he was it turns out he was a medical doctor who the reason he got all these great, uh, you know, deaths and violent bodies and explosions because he would see it in this ER that he worked in, apparently. So yeah. anyway, so, so so working in an ER that that makes sense to me like like if he's if he's working his job or he's in chaos and he's you know performing surgery on people or whatever that's what the movie was evoking to me was was this complete lack of faith in government institutions and order right and civility yeah it, and like you said the cops look like a biker gang literally yeah. like they, they they are honestly to the point where like is there really that much difference right. between the authority and the bikers? One right out the gate, one is just pushing it to the limit and like, no, we're going to still chase them, and I want you know, I, I mean, want to drive. And a- the first thing you see, one of the first things you see is there's this naked couple, you know, having sex in a field, and you're seeing it through a target scope, right? A sniper rifle, a sniper rifle, and you look at the guy, and this like weird dude with this leering face has got this sniper rifle trained on him and you're like oh my god is this the motorcycle gang no this is a cop watching them fuck a a good guy this is the good guy so you are you know the world's already upside down right and i really liked i mean i like the the whole hall of justice is crumbling and you go in and it just literally looks like an abandoned building with shit everywhere and like there's just no care or thought put into the the properness of it and they are yeah they're basically just might as well be hobos scrounging in a building (laughs) So, so I think there is, I don't know exactly what it's saying, but there is some kind of commentary there yeah. of, of just like maybe the people of authority and power are no better than the criminals, really. I mean, obviously right. they're not raping people and, you know, tying them up with chains and right. and killing grannies and running over <laughs> babies and shit like that. So, so there is a level of sane and insane, but, right. but not, I don't know. Well, they weren't like noble warriors. No, but they, yeah, Goose was like really. They had the whole death wish slash dirty Harry moment where like they caught one of the biker gang who had you know been instrumental in raping these two uh, this couple, and then you know the guy gets off because the government can't you know prosecute the case because none of the witnesses showed up. They they all mysteriously died or something <laughs> right. like that. And uh, so then you have the moment where Goose is like, "Well, this is fucked. The system is fucked. I'm going to take this guy out right now and just losing his shit." And it could cut him like right out of Dirty Harry. It was exactly right. that. Um, so you have, I mean, the cops or at least you know Goose and and Max, they have a moral code that they live by, and you get the you, know, you get the notion that. Mad Max for sure is kind of apart from his his compatriots. Like he's he rides solo in his car. Right. Like you don't in the first like this is great actually. It's a really man with no name shit. He's while all the cops are chasing these bad guys, you keep cutting back to Max who's like 
fixing his car oh, and yeah. washing his hands. Well, and you never see his face. him up so yeah. much. It's like, here's his boots. Yeah. Here's his leather glove as he adjusts the side view mirror. You know, oh, he puts his shades on. We see him in the rear view. Yeah, they were, it yeah. was like classic, just hype up of a main character. Yeah, it was pretty great. So you get the sense that Mad Max is sort of better than his people. Um, but again, he's wearing the same leather as everybody else right. just because it's, you know, nicer doesn't mean and he's not part of the same gang. He loses his family. And by the end, that's the real, like, are you any better? I mean, he literally right. burns people alive, runs them over. I mean, granted, it's all for revenge. Right. But he doesn't seem to give much of a fuck by no. the end of the movie. Well, and I do think what's interesting is I had remembered him as not having as much personality in this movie as he does in future movies, I actually feel like watching this one, I'm probably going to reverse that. I'm guessing he has more charm in this movie than the Road Warrior. I'm guessing in the Road Warrior, he just starts going full blank. Because he did that. He made a whole transition where he's like, well, he's kind of charming and he's kind of funny. Not like full Mel Gibson that we've seen in other movies, but he's, you know, he's he's a, a semi-normal dude. By the end of the movie, he is the Terminator. He does, you know, yeah. his fa- he's he doesn't care. He's only like, like they show a scene with him driving at night to chase one of these dudes down. He's falling asleep at the wheel and it's just practically like he could give a shit. The only thing that's driving him is hate, which is, <laughs> you know, it's a it's it's interesting that this is the origin story because you have to think that like <laughs> this is just the setup for all these great films to follow. It's like, well, they didn't know that they were making, you know, four films ultimately. Right. This is like the only statement they maybe have on this dude. So it's interesting that they've done this arc and set him up to be the thing that becomes Mad Max. Exactly. Uh, another thing I found really interesting, as I mentioned, the first time I saw the movie, I had only seen the dubbed uh, American version or whatever. <laughs> right. Like, like they're still speaking English, obviously, but I'd seen a dubbed version where it's particularly Mel Gibson and I think everyone else too, or maybe most people, were dubbed over to sound, uh, to take their accents out. Right. I guess so an American audience could understand them or something. So this was actually the first time, the, the thankfully, the, <laughs> uh, the soundtrack on the Blu-ray was the original audio. Right. So I actually got to hear all the performances and stuff. I think that upped the quality quite a bit. Yeah, you're probably right. Uh, that that, that always helps. And then one th- just uh, interesting little side thing. One thing that always confused me about Mel Gibson, because I knew he had grown up in Aus- Australia, and I knew he had this accent for Mad Max, but obviously he doesn't have an accent now. Right. And so I, I looked this up because I was so curious. I'm like, what happened to M- Mel Gibson's accent? Uh-huh. What's going on there? F- from my understanding, what actually ended up happening is he was born in New York. Oh, okay. And grew up in New York for like till he was like 13 14 years old oh. then his family moves to australia got it and then he's made fun of by kids there for sounding like an american so he sort of adapts and then in the decade that he lived there puts on an australian accent <laughs> oh and i'm gosh. you know in a way i'm sure he like you know it just kind of became natural for him but that's how because if you understand accents are a really interesting thing right and you know people can put on accents for a movie but generally when you see them in real life they're going to speak just how they naturally want to speak right so it's interesting that how we hear mel gibson now is probably closer to how he actually sounds because he grew up in america initially right and that i was now watching mad max kind of listening to i have an ear for accents and you can sort of tell that yes it's an australian accent but he's kind of putting it on a little bit and then in his love scene with the wife particularly when they, they go swimming and they're laying by the pool he's right. talking really quietly and he just sounded like mel gibson it's almost like the accent right. kind of dropped out yeah um the little interesting side note but that that would explain why the fuck he has an australian accent oh 
before I forget, I was right about the bug eyes thing. Yes, you twice. Were. I was yes. right about it. It happened twice. And you were telling me it was full total recall. Like it was oh, yeah. exactly as you described. Full bug cartoon eye. bug eyes. I wouldn't be surprised if actually maybe that's in all of them. Maybe I, I feel like that repeats. Later well, it was on. a real emphasis to someone's death. Maybe maybe that's coming from. The fact that when someone's crashing and dying in a car, it's sort of hard to personalize that right? in a way that of what they're experiencing because we're just so distracted by the carnage. So there was sort of this thing of like cars are coming at each other and right before everything goes to hell, it would always cut to this extreme close up. And just like Nelson described, like the eyes were full cartoon bug eyed yeah. with with, you know, red veins all around <laughs> them just looked insane yeah. like this. Ah! And then it would cut back out, and then you see the explosion. Right. Uh, really interesting, odd choice that was actually I mean, kind of funny, yeah. but, but worked. Well, the movie was funnier than I remembered. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like a yuck fest, but there was a lot of like, especially in the first half of the movie, there was a lot of kind of, you know, because it seemed more satirical, there was a lot more kind of dark humor in it. Right. Um, the second half is not all that funny at all. <laughs> no, it's pretty It's pretty grisly, yeah, actually. Pretty, yeah, pretty bleak. Um. I was just I just realized you know what the eyes can also be referencing I mean maybe it's just that he wanted but maybe he got the idea from Sergio Leone because Sergio Leone used to do those like really extreme sure. close up on eyes and he is obviously using a lot of the you know fistful of dollars tricks absolutely. in this movie absolutely <laughs> I mean yeah there's no mistake that you remember the scene that's like a western where the where the like uh, motorcycles ride to town in a place that literally looks like a saloon in a bar mm -hmm. and you know. Yeah, it, it is very much a Western movie. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, Longino said it's like, swap out the horses for bikes, this is a Western. Uh, which is, I think, what adds to the charm. I think that's why maybe Road Warrior and, like, Fury Road become more pure distillations of this. Because he's like, okay, I'm making a Western with gasoline. Let's just lean it, you know, let's strip away all the trappings of modern society and just make it a Western uh, with modern, you know, with cars and shit. Actually, another thing that uh, George Miller has said since then is... He's sort of equated, you know, at least the original movie to like, you know, it, the way he put it is like America has gun culture. Australia has car culture. And if you're looking at it with that lens, it's like he, just the sort of pornography of like the oh, cars yeah. crashing and the blood and all this other stuff. It, and that's a theme that goes throughout this entire series of right. Mad Max movies. Well, yeah, but by, car porn. Basically. Yeah, car porn. And by the by the fourth one, it's just reached its <laughs> apex of silliness, which Absolutely. is great. So, Nelson, maybe you can help me with this, because one thing I'm sort of struggling with is uh, in turn. I mean, we're, we're sort of rounding the bin towards talking about whether it held up or not. But but I have to say, if I, if I have to garner a criticism for the movie, it feels like it kind of peters out or certainly like the set pieces at the end of his revenge killings right are very quick yeah and oddly shot like it's sort of it doesn't communicate like i we were, we were even confused as to whether or not he had killed the main bad guy yeah the toe cutter yeah yeah and a lot of that is like he's wearing a helmet or whatever and we see all these bikers so he kills a biker and nelson was like was that the toe cutter was that the bad guy and i was like i don't think so yeah, he kind of went out kind of weird and then the movie just sort of ends and we we're like oh i guess i guess that was him like for a movie that's so strong for a lot of it, why the kind of weird stumbles at the end? I don't know. I mean, I would actually, I mean, my guess is you got to have run out of money at some point, right? But although the, I mean, I will say the two, the two things at the end, Toe Cutter getting hit by the truck, we did kind of go, ooh. I mean, there's no like, you know, villain turns and gets his like big speech and here's why we do the things we do. 
which isn't really necessary because he's, you know, you kind of know why he is who he is because he's a jerk. So he gets kind of a, you know, a, 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 a painful send off. But the I'm actually surprised that I didn't remember how he dispatched the last guy, the kind of crazy guy who yes. missed his day in court. He, this is where I don't know if this is where this originated, but it's certainly been used many times since it's there's a car, you know, a car is crashed. Mel Gibson has taken Johnny because all Johnny's are crazy and he handcuffs him to the car, throws him a saw and says, you can cut through the chain in 10 minutes. You can cut through your ankle in five and then sets the car on fire, <laughs> takes off. And the thing I like is that you don't actually get to see the dude sawing at his bones or anything like that. You just hear him go, hey, you, this isn't a funny thing to do. And just all this <laughs> inane dialogue. Mad Max drives away. It blows up in the background. You're like, well, guess that's that. And then the movie's over and that's it. And I'm kind of like, oh, hey, he ain't fucking around. There wasn't like a denouement where he went to the you know the mountain and looked over the <laughs> right. horizon and right. you know you got the feeling that oh he's still thinking about his dead wife it's again he had just stopped he sort of stops being and i think that sort of carries over i mean we'll see um oh, you what? know what, you know what i think bothered me about it and here's why in the in the rage logic of the movie the lo- the movie hangs its hat on goose's killer right as your last beat yes got him but if that was, he would have already been going rage crazy when Goose died, except no, he quit and just was fucking his wife in the mountain. <laughs> when his wife and kid die, that's when he loses his mind. Right. So, so motivationally, emotionally, it doesn't make sense to me to end on the Goose Killer. Right. You need to end on the kill the the killers of his wife, right. which is Toe Cutter. Right. And Toe Cutter gets this sort of nonchalant, we're not even sure if it's him, rando death you know <laughs> yeah on this on the road so i think that's why i'm like sort of stumbling a bit like like yeah, I, yeah hey i like goose and yeah right. that, that but that's like a mid-movie kill yeah not a not your last beat although so, well actually we are forgetting one insane piece of stunt work there's oh, a point yeah. where like mad max is driving it for the gang at once because he just you know we got to get these <laughs> kids out of the way first and he hits four of them on motorcycles at once on a bridge. Like, one of them flies into the wall. He's dead. Two of them fly over the side, and they fall in the water, presumably dead. And then there's one dude that they've got in slow motion rolling across the bridge as his bike slides past him. And then another bike hits him in the back of the head. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. And we were like, holy shit. And it Ooh. looked so real. And we're like, is that stuntman dead? I, yes. I guess I've watched, seen a lot of stunts in my time. And this one was happening in slow motion. This has to be one of the gnarliest nastiest stunts i've ever seen in a movie where you just see the everything's in chaos like this guy's falling off a bike rolling on the pavement just tumbling and from behind a motorcycle nails him in the back of the head so fucking hard that he just jerks forward like jfk getting shot in <laughs> dallas it's literally like watching the zapruder film and i was just like holy fucking shit is that guy alive yeah you if could just so how yeah you could just imagine just like well you know the helmet's still on but everything inside has been pulverized because it was it just looked so bad and i guess for years the rumor was flying around that the guy had died suppose that I, you know you can't trust what's anything. that saying someone's hanging in the wizard of oz right, man exactly it's like stone people watching a movie just coming up with Shit. <laughs> supposedly jealous american stuntman passed around the rumor that that guy died but that guy has you know in the age of the internet gone on and said no i'm i'm fine i'm, I'm alive yeah that's crazy I, I have to wonder though did he just like is that just one of those random times like holy shit you just got cranked in the head by a bag by a motorcycle and then he just stood up and went whoo 
<laughs> wow, I didn't see that one coming. Or is that one of those where he's like, oh, guys, uh, ice cream, yeah, porcupine. I, <laughs> I mean, stunts are dangerous. It's a reminder, like, we're, we're loving the movie, but, like, man, people risk some shit for this movie because there's some crazy stunts with people taking some big bombs. Yeah, and again, just like... This movie was made for like 350 grand Australian. I don't know if Australian like a dollar translates to a million dollars in America, but like <laughs> they were cracking up every single car and not just like, oh, they would, you know, oh my God, the car's going off screen. You hear a crash and then you cut to and the car's been banged up. No, they crack these things up like in real time. You would watch them get crushed up. Holy shit. And they were just in the beginning. It's like a dozen cars getting oh, yeah. crushed up looney tune shots with with just pedestrians jumping out of the way of cars flying at them and stuff i mean i'm i'm assuming they took some safety and sort of cheated some angles to make it right. look closer than it was but still yeah shit goes bad in movies all the time like someone takes a wrong turn or takes a wrong spill and you have a full-on like twilight zone helicopter situation where right. you know, everyone's dying like so the fact that no one perished <laughs> making mad max is a little surprising to me because it looks super dangerous yeah and this is a film apparently didn't have uh you know it was uh india we we had guessed in the beginning that uh he got like some government money or stuff like that no he raised his own money by working in an emergency room he and his partner worked in an emergency room and scraped up some funds from family and shit this is all his money and so they didn't have you know uh, all this rich Hollywood shit like, oh, right. safety engineers <laughs> and, you know, well-trained stuntmen. I mean, I'm sure they had some experienced people, but, like, they were, like, stealing shots. They would close off roads, yeah. apparently. I refuse to believe someone's down there checking permits while they're shooting this thing. Like. Yeah. <laughs> well, apparently part of the what happened was, like, you know, the fear was they were going to get busted by the cops, but, of course, the cops figured out what's going on because, you know, there's all these cars getting cracked up in Australia. And I guess they were so tickled by it that they started actually, like, working for free like closing off roads and stuff they'd oh, be just nice. like oh no they got to shoot the movie dude go elsewhere so i mean that's, that's great that, that sounds about right <laughs> <laughs> well nelson here's the big question all right mad max is the movie did it hold up you know i'm gonna lean on yes i know i said no going in but i think i was surprised at the cinema of it alone and there were a lot of story issues that i you know might not forgive but i just the ride was something else it it's it's a better movie than i remember in a lot of ways and it had more of an edge a satirical edge than i definitely remember that i have to hand it to because it's like right. you know we were talking about like this one's serious and bleak and and it's like evil dead you know it's like oh it's practically satanic. it's not it really is you can see where the other movies kind of stem from so right I'm, definitely i mean it, there's a lot of flaws in the movie for sure but i'm, I'm going with hold up uh i actually i think i agree with you now it's it's sort of a tough one that this one isn't like an instant i know it because i there are some problems with the movie mm -hmm. uh, so it's by no means a perfect movie and, right. and we sort of mentioned some of the storytelling issues that being said i think the things i liked about it far surpassed the things i disliked about it um, and and given uh, the template, which is how I remember viewing it, right. the first time I saw Mad Max, I liked it just fine, but I was just kind of like, ah, it's not the Road Warrior. That was kind of <laughs> weird, a little depressing, whatever. Like, I right. was fairly dismissive of it. Yeah. So to return to it now and, and see the value in it and see the foundational bricks that are being laid for the things to come right. and appreciate the filmmaking of it, frankly, yeah. it's someone's first movie. I can't even, man. Uh, it, it's on par with, I mean, 
it's certainly cribbing a Sergio Leone movie or something. Right. I wouldn't say it's like as good as like you know, <laughs> uh, a, a, as good, bad, and the ugly or something. But but it's in the zone. I right. mean, and especially for someone's first film, like. It, First movies are often flawed, yeah. and the flaws of this movie are the flaws of a first-time filmmaker, and the, the success of it, the things that are great about it, I'm genuinely impressed as someone that's making their first movie made that movie. That's crazy. Yeah, and that's impressive without being the guy who discovered Mel Gibson, by the way. Oh, yeah. Uh, but I'm, I'm with you, though. That first half of the movie, I was like, oh, man, this is solid hold up. Oh, this yeah. is the whole thing. Oh, no. There was a solid hour where I was like, no fucking question. This is holding up like with a 10 star and five star. <laughs> yeah, and then it started to dip a little and, bit. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I It has a little to... hiccup at the end. And it's unfortunate because ending poorly is often poison for a movie. Yeah. But I think it it stumbles a little bit, but it doesn't totally like fall off the track. I think if it had started where it ended, then we wouldn't be as impressed. But it's sort yeah. of like I needed, would have ended I just needed one more Hall of Justice. That's all. I think that would have brought it home. <laughs> dun right. dun dun! <laughs> that was great. The like, music was actually pretty good. You could good. make a fucking TV show called Mad Max Hall of Justice, and that and I would watch every week, like I, no problem. I just love that, like. Obviously, this is like an abandoned police station because there's like file cabinets that is like this, this shit hanging out of like I the story of this. I'd be really curious of the backstory. Are, were they always cops or were they just the people who decided once the cops disbanded <laughs> to take their spot? Well, someone's got to be or a were cop. They the gang that killed the cops at the police station right. took over the precinct. Like, that that's would what be awesome. Like. The true origin of Mad Max is he was also in a biker gang and they just decided to go straight. <laughs> Oh man, I mean, there's a lot of creative shit going on, and the even Definitely. for even for a movie which hasn't yet had its nuclear apocalypse, there's still a lot of like <laughs> dystopian backstory that's really interesting. I mean, they thought a lot of stuff through. So, uh, kudos, George Miller. Excellent. Well, the verdict is in. Mad Max holds up, but we're not done yet. Nope, not even started. Because tune in, because in a little bit later this month, we're going to release part two in which we're going to watch The Road Warrior. Oh, man. Otherwise known as Mad Max 2. Mad Max 2, The Road <laughs> Warrior. I can't wait. So uh, until then, uh, please check us out. You can go to holduppodcast.com. There you'll find links to our Instagram page, our Twitter page, our Facebook page, all of that good stuff. Uh, or you can email us at holduppodcast at gmail.com. We will take any suggestions, questions, uh, anything, ideas for future marathons, or give us your thoughts on Mad Max. Uh, please send us an email, holduppodcast at gmail.com. And until next time, nobody move, nobody gets hurt. Nobody move, nobody gets hurt.